Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy, co-founder of KidsViews.com. I'm here in the studio today with Amy Oztan of SelfishMom.com. Hi, Amy. Hello. Amy, you need to move your microphone closer to yourself. <laughs> I was going to move my chair over, but okay. And Nancy Friedman, also co-founder of KidsViews.com and from Hip to Housewife. Hello. Hi. And we have a couple topics today that we're going to tackle. The first is we have a special guest. Philip Shepard is here. He is a composer and producer, and we're going to have a discussion about music and education and a really cool new game that actually is a really good thing for our second topic, which is Camp Mom. <laughs> so it might actually be something that those of you running Camp Mom this summer would want to consider. So we'll talk about that in topic two, and then, of course, we'll have our bites of the week. Uh, before we get into our first topic, we're going to talk about Smart Things, one of our sponsors this week. We've talked about them before. Smart Things is a super easy way to control, automate, and secure every aspect of your home, and you don't have to be a tech genius like Andrea to install it. <laughs> Um, they, you know, lights, locks, thermostats, security. With all of that, it's connected through one single app that works on iPhone, Android, and Windows phones for Amy. <gasps> so one of the things we loved about it, we've talked about how it lets you, like, see if your kids are coming in and out, check the liquor cabinet. But one of the other things I love is that it lets you set your lights based on time. So I know we were one of those parents who, like, we started dimming the lights at a certain time to get our daughters ready for bed to like, wow, we totally did. I would like read to them and dim it. And then we'd do another layer and like they come out of the bath and they'd be darker. Like everyone would sit in the pitch black hoping that they would fall asleep. So one of the things that's really cool is you can have that automatic. So all of a sudden, like lights dimming, it's the signal to get to bed and start reading the book and doing your wind down routine at home, which is really nice because um, then if someone else is babysitting for your child, they're locked into your routine because all of a sudden the <laughs> lights are dimming and it's going down. And uh, and I could have used that. I have to say there are a few times my, you know, had babysitting going on and you were like, I wish they would do it. So we love smart things and we really really want you to check it out so they're offering three of the most popular kits at a discount for our listeners parenting bites listeners get 10 percent off the home security energy saver or water detection kit which is also we talked about that flooding issue which is really cool go to smartthings.com parenting it's the perfect way to parent better with smart home for 10 percent off free domestic shipping go to smartthings.com parenting Again, it's smartthings.com slash parenting. Check it out. Get yourself a kit. Outfit your home. Automate everything. Be super cool. And then tell us all about it. <laughs> so let's jump right in. Hi, Philip. We have Philip Shepard here with us. He is a composer and producer and a lot of other things, but you told us not to mention those other things in your intro. <laughs> they have you down as maestro and virtuoso and... Cellist and inventor all and inventor. creative thinker. <laughs> yes, creative thinker was probably the best one. And dad. And dad. They didn't have that, but we know. And yeah. dad. We, and we added true. that to your press release just to like humanize you. <laughs> well, thank you. It's lovely. It's very lovely to be here. So. We're very excited that you're here. And so you've done, um, aside from obviously composing and all this work, but a lot of your work has also been geared towards kids and education and music and the importance of music and education. 
Um, and one of the things you've said that I loved was it's not this Mozart effect, mm. just sitting your kid down in front of listening yeah. to music. Yeah. It's actually about this participation in music and what that does for children yeah. and how it illuminates all of their learning. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I mean, uh, as a parent myself, I'm a parent four times over, actually, um, sort of successfully. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go into that. Uh, and uh, my, I see so many of my friends being kind of hyper-concerned about doing the right thing for their children. And there's this, there is this, you know, nonsense, frankly, spoken about the Mozart effect, where, you know, if I sit my kid down in front of the radio and force them to listen to classical music, it's going to make their brains bigger. You know, listening to Mozart makes you intelligent in the same way as watching the Olympics will make me fit. I've watched a lot of Olympics and it hasn't worked, <laughs> you know. Whereas there is a there is huge amount of scientific evidence to show that actually playing music and playing with music, which is also a critical thing, uh, does actually have massive benefits in the same way as going for a run will make you fit rather than watching someone else running. It really is that simple. Keep hoping that'll work. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to out myself as one of the people who had one of those things that I put on my stomach when I was pregnant (laughs) and played Mozart to my fetus. Um, But then we continued listening, you know, after he was actually born. But so there's you're saying there's no connection from passive listening. It doesn't like change the connections in your brain. It doesn't. It doesn't have the effect of increasing your intelligence on a measurable scale. But what it, I'd say, generally listening to music, and I wouldn't confine it to classical music. I think the problem is particularly, if I dare to say this, on the east coast of the states, <laughs> there's an issue with classical music somehow being better. And there are there are two types of music. There's good music and there's everything else. There's a lot of really bad classical music. And actually, kids can. Sp- when there isn't passion in music they can they can sense it like a sixth sense a mile off and I've worked with loads of kids both in the States and and in the UK where they somehow are able to transcend you know the facts of a genre of music if I give you one particular example I, I used to work in Harlem at the Harlem Violin Project and I'd taken an orchestra there quite regularly from England and the orchestra I think were thinking well we're going to come in here and you know teach the children everything we know but actually we we always turned the tables and got the kids to write music that the orchestra had to then learn and perform with the children because the kids didn't know they couldn't write music so they did and it's simple enough and then one day we did an experiment this is with kind of eight nine year olds um, most of them from fairly deprived backgrounds kind of single parents you know the school lunches were paid for We're, we're looking at you know pretty pretty tough life back at home and I said to him, I was just going to do an experiment we're going to play you some music and I want you to close your eyes and tell me what you see so imagine you're at the cinema I said, okay fine started playing them this piece and this kid had his arm up in the air I was like I know what it is I know what it is what, what do you see what do you see he said ah oh, it's like there's this volcanic landscape and, and there's grass everywhere and there used to be dinosaurs but there aren't anymore and then they, but, but it's sunset and there's this kid and he's kind of sad but he's kind of happy he's happy because it's beautiful and it's the most beautiful place but he's sad because he's a shepherd and he's lost one of his sheep and he's playing a tune <laughs> he's playing a tune on a flute no it's a recorder he's playing a tune on a recorder uh, the, the sheep knows so he's, the sheep's going to come back to him so that'll make him happy again and I kind of said okay that's crazy turn the sheet music around it's a piece called the little shepherd oh wow now there's no explaining that and it gives me goosebumps every time that's the reason i'm passionate about introducing kids to music and he didn't care if it was classical music the guy who wrote it debussy wasn't writing classical music he was just writing music now when my kids were kind of you know before they were born they they were getting yeah they were getting classical music because there's unfortunately unfortunately quite a lot of it around their house but also you know james brown was the thing for them that really (laughs) honestly 
it's like the force of the floor beats if you've got an unborn baby on the way play them stuff that's got an absolutely heavy uh, disco as well perfect even dubstep it's all good <laughs> no, it's tr honestly it's true yeah. and what's crazy is you will notice the kids eyes light up kind of even two weeks after they're born like I know this you know and there's tons of science to support that and the familiarity with with sounds this abstract sound of music being being a thing is really important and I'm I am kind of passionate about it because as I say I, I don't believe in classical music I adore it I studied it but it's not there aren't there isn't a fence between it and everything else you know? and that's probably part of the problem right is that yeah. everyone sees it as this fenced off thing oh, or they take the field trip yeah. to the philharmonic yeah. and they're just expected to sit there through the whole thing with yeah. like no engagement that's right. no explanation and then they wonder why the kids are like Oh, God, yeah, and you worship at the that. altar of a dead white guy. I mean, right. you know, who, who, when he wrote it, was improvising, and he would consider himself probably a jazz musician. Y right. You know, and, and in fact, classical composers didn't play classical music. They weren't saying, "Oh, let's listen to this music from a hundred years ago." That would have been ridiculous. You know. Right. They were innovating and creating. Yeah, they were avant garde. They right. were doing new stuff. You know. But you never see that context no. for this music. Well, no, and this is also the problem with music education, that we consider, if you can study an instrument, we can push our, our kids to learn piano and violin and stuff, but it's the one art form where you don't have to make something up yourself in your education. So if you're an actor or a comedian, a dancer, a sculptor, an artist, you're improvising from day one. With music, it's like, well, no, here's a, you know, let's play stuff out of this book. It's like being a racing driver and not being interested in the, how the engine works. That's nuts. And we, for some reason, we've separated off making music, as in playing music, and making your own stuff up. And it has to be knitted together, because then once kids own their own music, it, it's it's theirs and they, they will engage with it right you know so how do you encourage that I mean if the school setting isn't really going to bring it that way because somehow mm. most musical education is not structured that no. way um, how do you introduce that in your home and through gamification honestly I mean I because I'm, I'm a composer I have to write a lot of film scores on very short deadlines I've had to invent like sets of you know I use fridge poetry for instance to kind of come up with nonsense word patterns that I can then turn into music and my kids are all used to doing that because that's just stupid stuff that dad does um, but it, it's actually a very quick way to generate tunes we use kind of postcards in a box like if you had to get from this picture to this picture what would the music sound like if that was a film it just easy these are you know regular the kind of tricks that a novelist will write if they're stuck they'll kind of maybe get out an old photograph and say well who's that guy in the back what would their theme tune sound what's their name what's their address so what would that sound like and what were they listening to on the way to work yeah you know, there's loads of ways where you can do that but you see if if you're a lot of architects that i know came into architecture by playing with lego and because there's this snob value attached to the music we don't get our hands dirty in the playroom with it so we're kind of well, we mustn't touch that I mean, it, it's insane. It's like saying having a, a baby and saying to them, if you're going to talk, you have to use this phrase book. Right. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, d please. D let's speak properly. But they no, babies go through babbling and prosody and they go through this whole sequence. Try doing that with a kid with an instrument and they will go so far ahead. You can bring the technique in right. on the way and they'll be curious enough. Once it's theirs, they'll be curious enough to actually, how can I do this better? You know, but it's the kind of minecrafting. It's this thing of, let me discover my way 
around this thing. It is so painful as a parent to hear your child learn to play the violin. It like, is. let's oh. put it out there. <laughs> right. uh, it is the devil's own instrument for beginners. The cello sounds lovely. Does Let it? me just, uh, that's a top tip. It's lower. Yeah, it's lower. It's, it's, it's very hard to make a nasty noise, and it's so much easier. And the, and the recorder. The recorder is the other instrument. They play that's them in schools, and like, you really just want to yeah. lock them in a room. It's a tower. I feel your, I feel your pain. I, do, I love the violin when it's played well, but yes. I've, I've been so bad and discouraging my children from playing it. So how do you get through that as a parent? I mean, it truly is painful when you hear your child mm. first start. Soundproof. I've got soundproof studio. I honestly put, have put soundproof. Yeah. Foam everywhere. Yeah, do, you, do you make them go in there or do yes. you just no, sit I make in them there? go in there. No. Yeah, it's also my, it's called my, the, the men's panic room at home, which is my soundproof studio. It's got five layers of protection. And when, yeah, when the violin so practice funny. does happen, I'm in there fully supporting what's going on, but I can't right. hear it. So, yeah, sorry. So I, I know there have been a lot of studies and it's fairly accepted that yeah. studying music and learning music is helpful with mathematics. Mm. But I, I don't imagine that's really what you're talking about. Like, just do music, you'll do better at math. I think you're talking about sort of like a bigger sense of Must music be. helping kids with their creativity, with their brain. So yeah. what what would you say are the real benefits? I, I don't doubt that there are. I'm sure mm. there are. But what, what would you say they are if you had to sort of categorize them? If, uh, in order of importance, put it that way, these days I think music is social glue. And music is, is the way that kids will associate with other people, but also differentiate themselves. One of the dangers with children these days is that parents like the same music that their kids do. That's terrible for children. Imagine that when you're growing up. Yeah? I had if a your father, parents were into punk. I, I mean, come on. My I, had, I happened to have a very unique father mm. who was a crazy audiophile. So right. he had everything from Beethoven to Rolling Stone's Sticky Fingers. Like, that was his. Like, was that's so thing. hard as a kid. Because, you, you know, you'd be playing something you think, I need to be different from my parents. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's where Madonna came in. Ah, that's, you good. Know, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. where you did those horrible things. It's, and rap, right? Yeah. That my parents' generation would never listen to. No. Yeah. My There's mom no would way. go with me to, like, Duran Duran. Aha. Uh -huh, that was as far as she would go. Wow. Then once it got to the other stuff she yeah. was out that's excellent so yeah the social the social stuff is really is probably the most important thing but I mean there's there's tons there, there is the stuff about break particularly before the age of seven if if you, it's not so much studying music as, as I say doing it if before the age of seven if a kid is playing for instance the piano then the corpus callosum particularly girls will develop much quicker so that's the communication between the two sides of the hemisphere of the brain which means that you can parallel process way quicker and there's loads of science to show that that the kids who play the piano because it's actually just the two sides of the body it's a bit like mm. learning to crawl it's exactly right. the same mechanisms that, you, that we all know that's important cross crawling is a sign of brain development kind of kicking in and suddenly this this uh, ability to kind of almost separate process with thought so there's that and there's there's I mean, there's so many there's there's emotional intelligence that's connected with it there's there's probably about seven different types of positively measurable benefit but as i say it's from active music making it is it's through play with music it's not it is not through uh through passive activity it's interesting because i do think when kids are really little mm. those music classes are so popular for kids right everyone's got their kids in the class with the triangle and the shaky eggs yeah but they're, they're moving they're doing and they're doing and they're yeah, moving the, and then they just drop it like yeah. your kid hits kindergarten age and there's no more like shaky egg and triangle. It all becomes learn an instrument. Yeah. If you're going to pursue this, you must learn an instrument. Um, mm. And there's not that same improvisational group oh. activity around music anymore. My hippie Montessori school had ORF classes. Great. Which was <laughs> awesome. They were amazing. Carl, absolutely. Yeah. Carl ORF had it nailed. And he also developed instruments that sound good for children to play. So things Stop. like the modern marimba <laughs> actually really has become popular through 
kindergarten music through his whole system, which which is astounding. And and also Zoltan Kadaya came up with a similar, uh, well, it's a different system, but that actually has that follow-on process of actually people who've studied that have have such musical capacity. I mean, you'll find a lot of people at Juilliard who come, probably came through that system, and actually Suzuki as well. You know, there's all these different systems which, in their purest form, are astounding, and they are all about sort of instrumental sort of technique and and kind of making it fun and it being play. You know. I also think that one of the things that I've talked about a lot on my own blog is about how somehow athletics has become the only thing mm. that can teach teamwork or that can get mm. kids mm-hmm. involved in a group or can get kids to understand about working with others and how ridiculous that is mm. and how there's band and there's jazz band and there's orchestra and there's mm. being in the pit and there's all kinds of things that teach all those same skills. Mm. I feel like that is something we've also kind of lost. I think also because it's being written out of American education as well. Right. I mean, to, to be to be brutally honest, I think what America's doing to its music education at the moment is criminal. I think it's absolutely terrible. You're, you're, it's, it's one of your largest exports, and it's being killed at, at a kind of grassroots level by not being supported in, in the schools. Same thing's happening in England. I mean, I can't, right. I can't really... It's not like I'm saying, hey, look at you guys, but it's, it's, happening, no, it's, across, it's happening across the board. So actually, as parents and as kind of grown-ups, it's up to us to find other ways to make it work. And, and actually... Music will survive anyway. You know, all the bands that we like didn't necessarily come through a schooling system, maybe apart right. from Radiohead and, you know, <laughs> right. that's about it, which formed at school. But the others know that they probably came about despite education. <laughs> but I think there's a lot more that can be done at, at home, for sure. So yeah. that's, that's a good segue to compose yourself. <laughs> what, nice. on what you can do <laughs> at home. Um, so can you talk a little about it? Because I, I got to play with it, and I totally forgot to bring it for my co-host. I have, <sighs> I have one for each of you. Um, but I actually saw a whole demo of it a mm. few months ago, or more than that, at Toy Fair back in February. Oh, yeah. Um, it is, it's almost hard to explain. We'll put the promo video up on our mm-hmm. Facebook page mm. because you really have to see it. But okay. can you talk about a little in the process for coming up with it? Yeah. It's so fascinating to oh, me. Thank you. Well, uh, the, the, so the idea came about from a practical problem I had, which was one night I was in a hotel room in uh, Washington, I think it was, and I had a phone call from a friend of mine who's a film director who said, Phil, we've got a problem. Um, the, the film you've been working on has, has changed slightly, so you need to write two new pieces of music for it. You need to write them, record them, and mix them by tomorrow morning. It was like six and <laughs> six. No, this is normal. I mean, that's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Get the beer out and start. But actually, uh, and at the time, for some reason, I got some overhead transparency paper with me. You know, the, the transparent stuff you can write mm-hmm. on with a with a permanent marker. And I thought I can't think of a tune. You know, but I can't say. Oh, sorry, I haven't got anything in my head. You know. Uh, so I just started scribbling some little phrases on this, chopped them up, and sort of threw them up in the air. And of course, they landed face up, round the wrong way, all around. And I looked at what was lying on my desk, and it was way better, actually, as a tune than what I could have come up with with lots of head scratching and deep thought. And so I scored out a couple of these, and I, I had my cello with me, and I started recording stuff in the room, and God knows what the neighbours thought, don't care. <laughs> and I mixed them and kind of, you know, blended them all together, put them to picture, sent them to him. And he rang me the next morning, he said, um, yeah, we need to talk about what's happened to your writing. I was like, ah, he said, because it's so much better than the other stuff you've written the films. I thought, oh no. But then I realised, actually, this is a technique that people like Bach and Mozart used to use, where they might have a measure of music that kind of goes one way, but they reverse it. So I'm not going to sing. I'm not allowed to. I can't. Uh, I know I can't. Um, But if you reverse the measure, it sounds great alongside itself. But then you can flip it upside down. And then you can also flip it upside down and reverse it. And at the time, a friend of mine was working for this company, Think Fun, who are kind of awesome. And they had a game called Swish, which was 
made on these amazing, lovely, transparent cards. And so I thought, do you know what? I think there might be something here, like a kind of Lego for music. I want a construction kit. Mm -hmm. So we came up with this idea of invented a new kind of music font where you've got 60 cards. They're 30 pairs because repetition is important in music. And if you deal them out just in a line, you get, I think, around one and a half billion unique tunes from a deck of cards. And I just thought this was quite a fun thing. And they, they kind of went, actually, that might be a thing. You know, it's not... It's not a toy. It's not really a game. It's more of a kind of pursuit. And actually, the game is in making something that sounds cool, but it might give you goosebumps. And we all kind of had the same thought at the same time. Actually, we could take this up another level because obviously not everyone can read music. That's kind of part of the issue. But I don't want to teach people how to read music. And at the time, my kids were kind of doing loom bands and they were playing with, right. you know, or they might be going onto the internet to look up how to find a guitar chord or how to dig a hole in the garden to trap dad in or, <laughs> you know, how to do something on Minecraft. And I realised they use the internet actually to learn how to do stuff away from the screen, as do most of their friends. We're very cynical about kids and screens, but actually a lot of them these yeah. days use them to get outside, which is great. So I thought, how cool would it be if you could actually somehow have a way of getting these cards online and then hearing what you've written and then being able to flip the cards virtually both in the real world and also on screen. And a friend of mine, Evelyn Glennie, who's a really great percussionist, if you've not seen her, go and watch her on Sesame Street. She's hilarious. She's also completely deaf, and Oscar the Grouch uh, makes a big thing of, of uh, <laughs> being lip-read by her, which is hilarious. Anyway, she agreed to go into Abbey Road and record all of every single permutation of all of these cards in every position, which wow. is great. Wow. Took a lot of coffee, I can tell you. Yeah. So we did it in the Beatles studio, which is lovely, with their yeah. microphones, and it was kind of, that was pretty cool cool and uh, it means then when you go online you can hear her playing a tune but then we thought actually we can do better than this because I'm a film composer and I thought I want to hear an orchestra with this so then wrote a potential accompaniment for every single card in every single position in every single inversion oh my God. in every single place which means that what you can then do is on online once you've got your cards worked out you can flip them all around and in real time you can hear an orchestra perform your piece of music with Evelyn Lenny as a soloist and whilst it's playing you can then you know, tweak it to make it give you bigger goosebumps if it kind of works. But I was really concerned it didn't finish there because that means that your endpoint is on a screen and that's not what any of us want. So the whole thing is about if you if you get a kid to name a piece, they own it. It's really nuts. It's, you try it if you kind of and it could be something really innocuous, but you know, if someone calls something Bob or something, it's then theirs. Right. It, they, it makes them grow up a little bit. And that's one thing I have learned working with children. And uh, we had this. So what's amazing is they managed to build an engine for this where it will actually print the sheet music up pretty much as soon as you've got it on screen with your name as the <laughs> composer, the title, the whole thing, up to the 16 measures. And it'll also give you an MP3 of it as well. And that's all free. So once people, and I was very keen with the toy company, I don't want there to be any paywall on this. You know, once people have spent whatever it is, $15 on buying the cards, it then opens up this whole other portal of stuff. But I didn't want to end it there. I wanted it to be kind of... Um, you know, because obviously, as concerned parents, you might want your kid to learn the flute or the viola or something. So, I've got lots of people to come and do interviews about these instruments. The kids ask questions. So, we've got Katie Coleman, who's an astronaut flute player. She's talking about how, to, how if you learn the flute, you can become an astronaut. I've got the oh, Doctor Who awesome. engineers <laughs> doing stuff, and then uh, uh, Arcade Fire doing one about the viola and stuff. You know, but, but it's just music. It's not classical. It's just it's just right. music. So, it's it's become a thing, and I'm I'm really excited about it. Wait, I'm packing up. How much? How much? Does it cost? Uh, $15, I think. Yeah, okay. it's like a so Let's just say that like thing. over and over again. Because that sounds like it should cost like $1,500. Like $15, that's unbelievable. See, I'd rather it's $5, but I can't well, say that. $15 yeah. is pretty unbelievable. Yeah, it's amazing. unbelievable. I know. And it also, for those of you who also live in apartments, 
teeny tiny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it fits in your pocket. It totally does. Fits in your pocket. Like no. it's you wow. can travel with it. You can, I know. That's like top criteria for I really city. Space. <laughs> I know. I, I'm telling you, it's like when I saw it, I, I kept saying the same thing. I'm like, oh, so then they have to go download it and you have to pay like another twenty dollars to, you know. And they were like, no, that's it. You're gonna make your music and you're gonna. And I know, Amy, you said, you're like, I don't know, I feel like Jake would be going backwards because he's writing his own right. music. I'm like, no, no, this is going to help him mm-hmm. write his own music. Amazing. Like, it's like a totally different And And concept. what we've seen already, because we, we we're just starting to launch it, and I'm getting lovely messages where kids are hacking it, which is exactly what I want <laughs> right. to happen. So one girl had done a, she used it to make music for a ballet recital she did for her family. It's a six-year-old. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. Another kid wow. said the invasion of the of the pleasant aliens or something. He sent this piece <laughs> like, that's great. Yeah, and that but then becomes a thing. You know, once they get the pictures in their head, they're, they're becoming film composers. And that's that's kind of, that's what it's all about. Right, you know? so the next step is for them to all collaborate. Yeah, right? absolutely. Share yeah. in community and then be able to, can I take your piece and stick that's it right. here and then match well, together? My, my, I mean, because my, my son, who's sort of eight, sort of, he's really helped me develop it. And he, in fact, I got him in to conduct the orchestra in Abbey Road, him and his sister. Yeah. I told the school that they both got really long dental appointments. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, England, you know. Yeah, you know, you know, you know about our teeth. Yeah, don't look at me. It's tons of work going on. Um, no, but it's it's, and we're going to do. This is just the first pack. We're going to what the Think Fund don't know is I've got about three others ready to go, which will all link in with this. So oh, there'll be enough. Amazing. By the time we've got the second deck, there'll be enough for everybody in the world to have a unique tune. Wow. Which that kind of excites me That's a little bit. Incredible, you know, for fifteen dollars. <laughs> yeah. you're gonna have to do like that. a live concert at Carnegie Hall eventually. Like have a contest yeah. and like yeah. just. It's very nice that you're, that you're sponsoring that as well. I'm it's really kind of you, honestly. Yeah, no, seriously, it's great. Trust me, give me enough time, I'll make it happen. Um, that's amazing. Well, we're so happy you joined us today. Oh, thank this was you. incredible. We'll have links to everything on our Facebook yeah. page and. This is great, and congratulations. Thank you so much. And we'll hopefully just watch the success. I can't wait to start playing with it myself. (laughs) I can't believe you forgot to bring mine, Rebecca. Maybe we should write our Parenting Bites theme song with (gasps) We totally should. Uh, You have to sing over it, yeah? I can say we can both sing. Yeah, yeah, we can sing. There we go. Really sing. Yeah, like, yeah. seriously Excellent. sing. So Brilliant. we'll have it. I don't know. We'll run it by you. You might have to tweak it. It's, yeah, we'll, you know. we'll email you at three a.m. We can fix it in post. Three-hour okay. turnaround. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being Thank here. You. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. So my daughter's leaving for camp on Friday. Woohoo! Yes, that's me. And my, my <laughs> seven weeks. But my projecting. favorite part. So my favorite part of that is I don't grocery shop for seven weeks because oh, wow. there's just two of us. And the first year I made the mistake of going to the grocery store and I had no idea what I actually eat and what my husband eats. So I was like, what What do we eat? I have no idea. And so I like bought milk because I thought I should and whatever. It's like that went bad. So now I'm five years into this and I've realized like I really don't have to grocery shop. But I actually like making dinner for just the two of us because it's so simple to like cook for two yeah but then of course I'm stuck like I don't know how to cook for two because <laughs> I, I cook for four all the time so I'm gonna be trying this new thing it's plated which is plated.com um, and I have to say so I'm working all day 
right? So I don't want a grocery shop for two. I don't know what the portions are. So the cool thing about Plated is they send it all to you in a refrigerated box, and they're sending you all the recipes you need in like all the ingredients in the portion that it's supposed to be for the recipe so they do the basically so no measuring no measuring at all and like you know how there's always those little funky things like you only needed like a tablespoon of Of something that you you would never use again never use right so you have like this whole jar of some weirdo spice you're like well now what's gonna happen that's why i have flax seeds in my fridge from two years ago (laughs) totally i have some i had something like allspice like i never use allspice i have some giant chinese allspice is that the one with the star comes in like stars uh, star star i use that all the time oh really (laughs) i should give (laughs) it to you (laughs) so they give it to you so there's no waste right everything is pre-portioned with your ingredients exactly for that recipe it's delivered to your door you pick your date which i think is also great instead of it just showing up yeah and it's keeps everything fresh because it comes in this refrigerated thing until like midnight like you had all day to show up to get it so you don't have to worry if it comes and you're not home which is like my fear because i don't have a doorman and whatever and i bet that's this amazing thing to do with your kids because there's no there's no scary parts except for the oven and the stove but there's no like giant knife that you're worried they're going right, to chop right. their fingers off with. Everything's sort of already ready and measured and done for you. Well, there is you some still prep, do the prep. Right? It's just it that seems, it's portioned out. But it seems so like, like a very nice... Scallions. You have your... Right. You know. But a very nice thing to do with your kids to prepare. Or if you have older kids like I do, to say, oh, guess what? The plated bugs came. Make dinner. <laughs> Get to it. <laughs> Pull me down when it's ready. Right. Well, I think what's also nice about it is you could pick recipes together. And so, you know, then instead of like on Tuesday, your kid's like, ew, you made that? Like, they can't pull that. Oh, like, well, exactly my son what I was never making. does that. Right? You know exactly what I was making because you helped pick it. Right. So here's what you can do. You're going to prepare chef quality meals in 30 minutes or less, which is also freaking awesome, yeah. uh, with Plated. So go to Plated.com slash parenting now and you get free Yes, woohoo! Free shipping with your first order, and you know I love free shipping. I hate paying for shipping. Yeah, so too. free shipping rocks. Go to plated.com/parenting. That's plated, p-l-a-t-e-d.com/parenting. Get free shipping. Check it out. I'm kind of dying to know like what people are picking and what they're making, <laughs> and let us know what you think, and let us know if it makes your life easier, which I think it will. And if you're like a super chef and you're all snotty about it, I want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for you. It's for the rest of us. Okay, so now we're going to talk on to topic two, which is, I just have to, I don't even know who this person was who showed up on my Facebook stream, so I'm not going to say their name, and I wouldn't say their name anyway, but I really don't know who it is, which makes me think I have to clean up my Facebook stream (laughs) better anyway, but she posted a camp mom agenda that was literally every second of the day from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. accounted for by the hour. Like, I don't even know if my daughter's teachers in elementary school did this. Wait, isn't <laughs> the point of summer not having a schedule? Well, that's what we're discussing. Yes. Here we go. So here's, like... But Rebecca was sitting... We're sitting in the office, and Rebecca's reading to me, 7 to 7.30, get ready for the day. <laughs> 7.30 to 8, have breakfast. Get, like, it was that detailed. It was that detailed. 8 to 9, math. And first of all, Free time. They don't do an hour of math at school. Like, right. a period isn't an hour long at school. Like, yeah, and then it was, like, free time, which I was, like, that TV time. Right. Um, yeah. you know, right. It was, like, half hour to prepare for lunch. I'm, like, are the children preparing for lunch? Is that your No, schedule? no. It was free time and, and preparation. So, basically, the All kids right. get free time, and she's in the kitchen. All right. That's Actually, that, that's like. honestly what I thought when I saw it. It wasn't just horrible for the kids. That every horrible, second, for her. horrible for her. Horrible for her. Horrible for her. Like, I thought, you know, it's kind of like when people are excited to make school lunch at the beginning of the school lunch. 
lunch. You're all <laughs> posting the school lunches. And then by the middle of the year, you're like, here's your damn peanut butter and jelly and here's an Oreo. Get out of my hair. But I do wonder, like, is that what homeschool parents do all the time? Like, every, they have a schedule and everything's scheduled? And I that's think that life? depends on the homeschool parent. Right. I mean, I have a, you know, my only friend who does that is unschool, so she does nothing. So there is no schedule of any kind ever. But I don't know. Maybe this is normal for a homeschooling parent. But this woman obviously was not. And I think that I guess the topic here is your kids are in school all year. Now it's the summer. You're sort of camp mom, the expression. And what do you do with them all day? This seemed a little excessive. Having said that, my kids just spent two weeks doing absolutely nothing as before they left be. for camp. Well, but as but they're also going they to camp. You're not look, but you're not looking at 12 right, weeks Right, it's only two weeks. Right. But they definitely were not, like, by the end, by the end of the first week, my son's like, can I sign up for something next week? Like, <laughs> he got bored. But he, do you think your kids would be excited if you had presented them with a schedule every day of 9 to 10 biology, <laughs> 10 to 11 math? <laughs> so from, like, can you imagine what your kids would have done to you? I can't even fathom it. And so I just wonder what, I mean, I guess it's the bigger question, like, what happened to free Time. What, what happened, happened to, to summer? Yeah. Right, right. I mean, uh, what happened to? Well, goodbye, I'm going to play kick the can. I'll be home at seven. Well, o'clock. let me let me throw this out there. Maybe this isn't the kind of person who would ever let her children just go outside and play until the streetlights come home, and she has to schedule but I everything. I think it's right. become universal. Yeah, I it's think not just this person. This idea that your kids have to have a scheduled thing all the time has become so pervasive that there is no more just like, I don't know, go in the backyard and plug the hose into the sprinkler and figure it out. Yeah. Because all the other kids are being scheduled and doing something. So, like, if your kid's not the one in day camp, then they're the only ones home alone. Like, it used to be, right. like, maybe half the kid. You went to the swim club. If you had a swim club nearby, you hung out at the pool. Yeah. I don't know. Like My sisters and I used to chilled. walk over to the Y and go swimming. Right. That's right. what I'm saying. But I think that, well, it's also, this, I was reading uh, in, I have no idea what New York Times book review it was because they're just like stacked up months at a time until I finally get to them. But there was a, a whole thing about since when did parenting become preparing your kids for financial success? Like that wasn't really the goal all the time. You wanted them to be happy. You wanted them to find their passion. You wanted them to get married right. and have make a family. But it wasn't all about like every single solitary thing you did was about them being really super successful and getting into college. Like that, yeah. it's all part of that same thing that everything needs to have a purpose. And I would, I would bet that there are studies showing that doing nothing and having to come up with activities for yourself yeah is probably the best thing you can do for a kid for them yeah. to have to be innovative and you have to be bored right to, I, if you're bored you're boring i used to have a teacher used to say that when you're, bo- so if you're bored you're boring but sometimes if you're bored you're innovative yeah like right. sometimes you need that boredom to give you the kick in the butt even if it's just to read a great book like i used to just my parents had so many books and i just read so many inappropriate books because no one told me i couldn't i just would go and like pull right. something off the shelf okay. this is so appropriate to our to our first segment um last night my daughter told me she was bored and i said well you can put away your laundry and she's like <laughs> no i was like well then go find something to do like i'm not your camp counselor i'm not here to entertain you go find something to do and about 45 minutes later she came down with the ipad and showed me the song that she had written on the piano and recorded Right, yeah, there you go. That's awesome. But it's funny because, you know, last year there was um, someone had written a post that they don't send their kids to camp because they want them to have an unstructured summer. 
And then when you looked at the way you were doing, it was a totally structured summer. Like, right. it was actually more structured than they went to camp. And it's funny because I feel like my girls, when they go to sleepaway camp, have a very unstructured summer because it's totally unplugged. And there's so much free time in their day. And they've yeah. chosen everything they wanted to do. So, like, they yep. chose that they wanted to water ski. They chose that they wanted to do marksmanship, whatever it is. And then they have, like, three free periods where they do nothing. And there's just all this, like, campfire and singing. So it's a, it's a quote-unquote structured day in that they know what they're doing. Well, yeah, but it's there's all self yeah. But it's not like every moment is filled. Right. I think that's the misperception. Is that a word? Misconception yeah. that people have about about camp is that you go away and they're doing this thing. We're 7 to 7.30, do this. No, it's not like that at all. No. Well, I think some camps are. I do, but oh. not the ones. Yeah, I think there's a lot of camps that it's very rigid. And a lot of camps you have to choose what you're going to do before you even get there. My I, kids choose before. They choose they know they want. They don't know when, but they know they want like three periods of water skiing and they want two periods of marksmanship and they want two periods of guitar and then it just kind of falls and then they can change when they get there but it all falls into yeah, place Yeah, my, my all, kids ultimately. can like pick clinics like if they right. want to do soccer clinic or a rock band clinic so that right. they know that they've got that slot but then everything else is a lot more you know as it comes. Yeah, it's an interesting um thing i think part of it's that adults don't know how to chill out anymore right i do think Everyone that feels. i could teach a seminar <laughs> i mean i do think we should sort of like back up to like it's bad for the mom i think what we i don't want to say it's bad for the mom to be spending a whole day with her kid i think that's <laughs> great that's but terrible I, right. <laughs> but i think that the idea that the only way sh- that a parent can think of to spend the day with their kid is to have every moment accounted for because otherwise what would you do like why why you, know, you couldn't just hang out or Oh, my God. We talked about a study a while back, a few episodes back, about how parents... What was it? It was parents who work out of the home spend more kid, more time with their kids now than parents in the 70s who stayed home with their yes. kids. Yes, oh, that's funny. That's insane. Right. Yeah. That, well, that's how much more kids are home or are being driven to activities. Yeah. That's how much more there is. Because kids really weren't at home as much. And I have to say, and when I was at home, I didn't interact with my parents that much. No. Like, I really didn't. It wasn't, it just wasn't. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. It's it's an interesting, I don't know. I'd love to hear from people about what they're doing this summer. I will say next week we're going to have on a guest who is literally Camp Mom. She has the Camp Mom website. Um, <laughs> and she does it in such an awesome way. It's actually a very, it's not math and science and all that stuff. It's actually a very much like we're going to have this awesome summer together. And here's like a whole bunch of cool stuff we're doing. Oh, that sounds like my friend Amy. She Like they've, they've planned out awesome things to do, but it's not like a heavy schedule. Right. That's what she is too. And she does cool stuff all year. But she's going to come on and kind of talk about how you can have a Camp Mom without being... I think teacher mom or oh, like, yeah. you know, right. or headmaster mom, yeah. headmistress, headmistress, um, that there's sort of a balance where everyone gets to have their summer a little bit because um, should, summer should be different than school. Just you, yeah. need, you need some kind. Everyone needs to unwind and have something else. Yep. All right. Well, with that. You can tell us on our Facebook page if we're totally full of it. Uh, come and tell us if we're <laughs> wrong and we, our children should be doing something every second of the day. Um, well, we'll be right back with our Bites of the Week. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. 
All right. So last week we talked about score big, and we're talking about him again this week because we're still into scoring big. Yes, <laughs> this is still our well, thing. And and segueing from our last segment, I actually my kids are going away to camp, so now I can go see things like every night. I don't have to think about it. They don't have to worry about feeding anyone <laughs> or anything. Right. For people I, who need. It is really nice to be able to just, that is kind of what summer's about. If there's a show that you really want to see or a concert or something like that, summer's the time, man. And if yeah. I can go on scorebig.com and get a cheaper ticket and I can plan ahead so I can like make my dinner, basically, yep. that's awesome. Yeah. So the deal with Score Big, for those of you who weren't listening last week, <laughs> <laughs> you save on every ticket every day and just go there first. Even events and seats, like you think, there's no way I can afford it, which is just what happened to us with you two. I was like, just look to my husband. I'm like, you're not spending $250 ticket. I don't care. You've seen them 8,000 times <laughs> since you were 12 years old. Like, suck it up. Um, but you go on scorebig.com first. You can name your ticket price, and you save up to 60% off the box office price. On average, customers save 40% off the box office price, which is like a huge amount. Tickets are so expensive. That is a huge amount of money to save. So you just pick a game or show you want to go to. You pick your seating area. So it's like price lines, like the travel sites where you're right. like, nope, I must be here. I must have four stars, whatever. And then you name your ticket price and you get an instant answer, which is, I don't know. It's really cool. You don't even like wait around. If I, and then you don't have to do it. Like if it doesn't happen for you, like it doesn't happen and you can wait and you can resubmit it. Um, but they were saying 40% of tickets to events go unsold, which sounds crazy to yeah. me. Well, I find it amazing how many shows that won Tonys and there, there's people out there in the street like, get do you want tickets? Do you want tickets? I'm like, really? That's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> no. But I think also people assume that things are sold out, like right. playoff games right. and things like that. And meanwhile, you could go to scorebig.com, like, see, just go and see, name your price. You could get a great ticket and you can do it way in advance. Right. This that's is not huge. last minute. That, this is but not I think that's scrambling. Because for us, you know, I just said you walk down the street and they're standing there. Well, I walk down the street all the time because I live in New York City and I see it. But if you're planning your vacation and yeah. you're going somewhere, yeah. whether it's to New York or Chicago or wherever, you want to know that you've got a right. ticket. So if you can I go so. to Score Big and plan ahead of time and still get your tickets, that's a, that's a really great thing. I love it. And there's no fees. Which is great. So next time you want tickets, think big, save big, score big at scorebig.com. <laughs> Check it out. All right. Bites of the week. Okay. I can start. Um, I really, really, really um, hate all the different ways that I could cobble together how to see where my kids are and communicate with them. And everybody uses, like, different apps and all this different stuff. And there's this really great app that I read about on Cool Mom Tech, and it's called Cabin. And it basically takes all those different things. It's a scheduler and calendar. It's a to-do list. It's a locator. Um, it's instant messaging. It's all of that stuff in one app in your own private network. So it's only people that you invite in. So it's not like you have to, you know, uh, set up um, a private thing on Facebook and then screw it up. This is just all within your own thing. And I'll put a link up to it because it's really great. If you don't want your kids like communicating more publicly, it's all just within your own little network. It's kind of brilliant. Cool. Hey, Nancy. Nancy. Mine is very quick. I am, I, my pick of the week is the $10 bill. They haven't said <laughs> who's going to be on it, but it's going to be a woman for the first time. Um, they are bumping Alexander Hamilton, which I personally no. think no, is a mistake. They're only half no, 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 they, they are. Right. They, they are. should have bumped Andrew Jackson, yes. who was icky was and bad. Dirt bag. 
Uh, and they're bumping Alexander Hamilton, who was really kind of awesome. But maybe they'll bump him Who's up. Who's responsible for our money. Right. Yeah. Maybe they'll bump him up to the 20 and That's get rid of Jackson. Do. But they, whatever, a lot of people, it's a big kerfuffle. I like that word. But anyway, $10 bill, they haven't announced what woman, but it will be a woman. They're saying they might. You can vote. She might share it. Yeah. Which is bad. No, I think voting is, that was just like a publicity stunt to get them to do it. I, don't, oh. I think it's done. Yeah, that was disconnected. people voted. But, yeah, and I have to, link, I'm going to link the John Oliver segment about this yeah. to, to it. Yeah. So that's uh, my my pick of the week is the $10 bill, finally. So my pick of the week is from Amy. (laughs) It's Yumly. Oh, yay. I love Yumly. Oh, my God. It's amazing. It is. So I guess we're back on food, um, as we always (laughs) have food somehow. But you, it is the coolest search. It's like Pinterest only for food, which is kind of what Pinterest is. But it's amazing. You can say if you're paleo, you could say if you're grain-free, you could say, and you could see all these different recipes, and you link, and it links back to the original blog, so everyone gets their credit. I love it. If you are looking for new recipe ideas, if you're looking for a beautifully visual way that they're searchable and fi- it's just lovely, um, I really suggest Yumly. Yay. And that's it for us this week. You can find us at facebook.com slash parenting bites or obviously on iTunes. Please uh, subscribe to us, rate us, review us at parenting bites on iTunes. And of course, on play.it, you can find us and all the other play.it podcasts, which are pretty cool too. Maybe we'll talk about them sometime. Um, <laughs> but until next week, thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.